You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do this. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, healthy a lot. Doing well. Fantastic. So, uh, slow news day today, isn't it? It is. Yeah, pretty what, much what all that's in the this? news is fires and riots. Yeah, why? Why? We go from crazy stuff. I mean, there's COVID everywhere. There's, there's uh, insane things happening all over the place. There's protests. There's, excuse me, mostly peaceful protests. There's riots. <laughs> right. All that stuff. And now there's just nothing. Now they're back to climate change again. And we talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a flailing of just one extreme to the next. It's a mixture of like the, the only thing that the only things that they're cycling through are Trump is, I think, everything except the right hand of Satan or he could be or no, he could be Satan himself, which we're going to talk about that interesting thing that happened in the last 24 hours. And then there's uh, man-made climate change. And then there's the covid crisis. And then there's protests. So it's just jumping from one extreme to the next. It's like they can't stick with one thing. As soon as as soon as people start to get exhausted of one thing, they jump onto the next. So people are tired of the COVID. They're tired of the uh, the lockdowns. They're tired of the riots. They're tired of uh, the the Trump stuff. So they're going to switch. Now they've switched to man-made climate change. And, and that's what everyone seems to be pushing now. Nancy Pelosi was on TV the other day saying that all these wildfires, that's Mother Earth striking back. And Gavin Newsom said that there's no longer a debate. I don't know if you saw the uh, the clip that he put out or the press conference he gave and the clip that's been out there now. There is no longer a debate and he will not hear any other arguments on it. It is settled and that's the way that it is. I mean, the fires, right? That's all caused because you guys locally aren't clearing out the underbrush. You're not clearing out the dead wood. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing to conserve the forests. So as a result, you have fires, which should we note that these fires, um, they're not really jumping borders in, in the sense of Canada's not having a problem with fires and Mexico's not having a problem with fires, even though the ranges that are on fire are, you know, cross those borders. So it's kind of interesting that there's no it, it's only isolated in, in America, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it leads one to speculate that maybe it's not climate change, maybe it's BLM. Or Antifa. Or, no, it's climate change. You know. It's climate change, Bruce. It's climate yeah. change. You, you just, you can't, you can't say it's anything else because they won't hear it. I mean, there, there's no, there's True. no, yeah, there, there, like there's no debating it any longer. We can't deny it anymore. It's, it's undeniable now, right? It's, it was, we've, we might've been able to skate around it before, but now it's just undeniable. So we have to go with it. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, speaking of that, okay, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, the, um, you know, the, the poor woman who was set up. Right. She, she was set up yeah. in her defense. Yeah. She was set up. OK, so mm-hmm. she was set up. The whole thing was Salon Gate and and then and whatnot. OK, she has hosted a virtual G7 summit with world leaders. And she stated that the climate crisis is the existential threat of our time. OK, first of all, how is she able to host a meeting with other world leaders? How, how is she able to do that? She's third in line. It's not like she's the vice president or something. Obviously, and she's not sitting in the Oval Office yet. And I say yet because you know that's the card they're playing. So, yeah. how does she have the authority to call a meeting like this? 
That's the first thing. And the second thing, the unmitigated gall about coming out and saying that the the biggest threat to, um, uh, excuse me, the climate crisis is the existential threat of our time. Well, I thought it was uh, I thought it was public health. I thought it was racism. I I thought it was systemic injustice. I I thought it was all these things. And now it's back to climate change. So, again, it's, it's a flailing. It's a jumping of the agendas. So it's it's meant to keep everybody off balance, because as soon as people start to argue one point, just like in a in a typical like a liberal argument, you jump to the next one, right? They just jump to the next mm-hmm. one before you can even foment any kind of a, of a, um, a rebuttal to what they're saying. They're on to the next subject. So that's what they're doing here. But how is she able to call a meeting like this? I didn't realize that she had the authority to do that. That's a good question there. I'm not uh, I don't know. Apparently, it's with her legislative leader counterparts. Um, by the way, she's not a leader. She's uh, uh, a representative. No, she's not. Yeah. Well, it says here that uh, she also stated in in this that she she said that uh, the climate uh, climate crisis is the existential threat of our time, jeopardizing the health and well being of every family in every community around the world. Oh yes, because you care so much about every family in every community around the world. Look at your own district, lady. Look at your own district. It's a disgusting mess. We saw a video last night of someone using her driveway as a uh, a public restroom, shall we say? I mean, it's, it was awful. It was awful. Yeah. She then goes on to say that this, and, and I want you to come in on this one because you brought it to this point last mm-hmm. night. And we've talked about it before, but it's been a while because it's, it's been since the Green mm-hmm. New Deal. Atmospheric carbon yeah. dioxide concentrations in 2020 are among the highest averages ever recorded. The planet suffered through the second hottest year ever ever in 2019. As the Earth heats up, climate-related impacts, including heat waves, hurricanes, wildfires, droughts, and flooding are worsening. Okay, first of all, let's start with the... Let's start with the carbon dioxide concentrations. What are they meaning here? Because we discussed it about a year ago when we reviewed the uh, the Green New Deal. They flipped the data, didn't they? Yeah, so having higher con- um, concentrations of carbon dioxide or CO2, whichever you want to call it, same thing, that's caused by go figure, heat. So when you increase heat, it causes carbon dioxide that's already in the oceans, that's in, you know, that's around already. It causes it to be released. The more it heats up, the more that gets released. So saying that we're causing climate change is absolutely silly because as as things heat up, we're coming out of an ice age, right? So temperatures are going to rise anyway, no matter what we do, okay? The little peons that fit in a one square mile, shoulder to shoulder, we're not the ones causing the the thousands of you know when you you compare to the size of the Earth, right? We're we're tiny compared to the to the difference. It's something like a, a dime if you were to to put a dime in the ocean, right? The effect that we have on the ocean, the the water displacement, is the same as a dime compared to a one of the big oil tankers, you know, the six hundred and fifty six or whatever it is, um, tons, right? That is what's happening with the, the carbon dioxide release and all that stuff, right? That That's, in other words, we don't do anything in comparison to what's naturally happening. So saying that there's climate change is accurate. Saying there's climate change because of humans is inaccurate. And as far as these heat waves, the hurricanes, wildfires and whatnot, we talked about the wildfires already. The hurricanes are going to happen because of the, the increased temperatures, uh, solar radiation and all that. Flooding. It's kind of weird that you're having flooding and droughts at the same time. But uh, yeah, I mean, here and hurricanes, southern Midwest and yeah. So here in the southern uh, Midwest, it's actually been a lot wetter. This year was very wet. Actually, we didn't have to water our lawn at all, except for the little bit we had replaced, you know, the sod. But uh, 
we, we've had tons of rain so far uh, in this area. Our grass was green the entire year, which is totally unheard of. By the time you hit July, your grass is brown. Uh, but anyway, it's just obviously so things she, are going to get worse. Yeah. She, so she's come out and she she's made these uh, these claims. And obviously, I mean, it's we know that we're going into hurricane season. Happens every yep. year. Happens every year. Yep. So it's not like this is something new. It's not like this is something that's unprecedented. And to your point about uh, uh, the wildfires, they're not spreading. Okay, why are they not spreading? Okay, for a few reasons. One, because they were probably started intentionally. I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying they were probably started intentionally. Now, is there any way to prove that at this point? No, no. Uh, The other thing is they're not jumping because I think that the Canadians and probably the Mexicans as well, they have policies and procedures in place to make sure that they can control those growths and those dry seasons to make sure if it does break out, then it's going to be able to be stopped, which they're not doing that at this point. Now, and the wall to the south <laughs> and the wall. But mm. yeah, yeah, there's a yeah, there, there's something else on that. We'll talk about that another day. These things where it says uh, climate related impacts. OK, as the earth heats up, we, we have no evidence that that's actually happening. We are getting warmer. Yes, but it's through a cycle. Okay, so it's not that this is unprecedented or something. Climate-related impacts. Well, what is that? What, a thunderstorm to these people is a climate impact? A tornado? Including heat waves. Okay, uh, yeah, it has been a rather warm year, but it's also been a very wet year in other parts of the country. Hence, your part Mm -hmm. of the country. You didn't have to water your lawn. You know what else that's good for, Madam Speaker? That's good for farmers. Yeah, agriculture means they don't have to drain the local water supply in order to water their crops. God can do it himself. Hurricanes, it's hurricane season. Go ahead. CO2. The the CO2 for farmers. Yeah. CO2 is great for plants. I mean, yeah. the increased levels of CO2, as things heat up and there's more CO2, you're going to have areas that are not uh, green start to green up and start having more foliage grow. Uh, the, these desolate areas that, that you know, uh, some of the predictions I've seen and then on top of that, farming, you're, you're seeing like 150, 170% increases in, in produce um, product that, that's, that's grown because of these increases. So, yeah, it's, it's, we're seeing CO2 levels increase. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not really healthy for humans to breathe in CO2. Go figure. Um, but, you know, why are we wearing masks again? But anyway. Um, Honestly, I, I would say, I would say in the case of the areas where they're having wildfires, you probably need to wear a mask. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's some of the pictures we've seen in video and whatnot is uh, those areas are really, really bad air quality. I mean, even here we're having uh, I took a picture last night of the sun setting and there's so much smoke in the it, it's a, it's a red sun. Like you can it was five o'clock and you could look directly at the sun without any eye protection and not damage your eyes at all. I mean, so it, even here, it's we're seeing a lot of smoke and whatnot and we don't have any wildfires in our area. This is all from Colorado and California. Mm hmm. And you know the agenda they're playing here, right? They're they're playing this agenda that you voted for Trump, you caused this. Yeah, you, that's yeah. like that's Orange what they're pushing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's the all of you people that have been denying this climate change. All, all of you people, all of you people that voted for Trump, all of you people that are going to support Trump, you're causing this. That's what the bigger agenda is here that they're pushing through the media, and that's what they're doing by their statements. And it's it's laughable. It's laughable. But uh, Pelosi, right, getting back to her, she hosted a virtual summit with her legislative leader counterparts from Canada, the European Union, France, Germany, Italy, Japan and the United Kingdom. The purpose was to devise a strong international response to climate change. That's not her job. 
and addressed mm. health and economic disparities. That's not her job either. That's not her job either. That's the job of the Congress collectively, but that's not her job yeah. and her job alone. So I don't understand how she was able to uh, to hold this meeting. Also, also, it has some very special virtual appearances, Bruce. And I mean, these are important people. These are important people. They had U2's Bono, right? He was there. You know, the guy that forgot his hat in South Africa after he realized it when he got back to the UK. So he flew all the way back to get it. Yeah, that one. Because he cares so much about the environment, you know. Right, right. The Dalai Lama. Yeah, he was there. Okay, which, all right, I'm going to cut the Dalai Lama some slack because of Tibet and all that stuff. I'm going to cut him some slack. He gets a pass on this one for me. Jane Goodall, I don't even know who that is. Who who is she? We we know know the name. name. Um, I know the name. Who is she? Uh, formerly Baroness Jane Von uh, Yeah, Okay, there we go. Yeah. Uh, former. Now, this is a good one. Former Obama administration energy secretary, Ernest Moniz. Right. And former secretary of state, John Kerry. That's an all star lineup. That's an all star lineup because John Kerry knows so much about the climate. You see, he's such a climate expert. Yeah. He is. Well, clearly they had him there probably for the uh, economic disparities. But mm-hmm. what, what the economic disparities are there is he's not chasm able to you get his cross. into It's a big chasm you got to cross there. It's a big chasm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, he he's not able to have a son in, in Ukraine anymore. That whole deal went bust. And the, the China thing's coming out. And so he can't have his son involved in that anymore. So, you know, clearly he has to come and talk about economic disparities because his pocketbook's hurting. So... We're right back to where we started, aren't we? We're right back to, you know what's going to fix all this, don't you? You know what the agenda here is? The Green New Deal, right? That's what this is. That's what this is. That's your saving grace. That's what it's going to be. So Pelosi and her fellow legislative leaders agreed that the climate change and the coronavirus pandemic require a robust government response and does environmental justice for economically vulnerable and frontline communities. Vulnerable and frontline <laughs> communities. Boy, that sounds <laughs> where do we, really familiar. Where did we hear that it? before? Yeah, yeah, the Green New Deal. Climate policy. This is the leaders wrote in a joint statement. Climate policy can end the perpetuation of society. Systemic inequalities. The Green New Deal. That's what it is. That's what it is. Who knew? It's not about climate at all. It's about inequality. Hmm. Interesting. Well, environmental inequality. I mean, it can't be understated. It cannot be understated. Well, they, they just say systemic inequality. So that means inequality throughout the entire yes. system. Yeah. I- any inequality. Everything. And now, now Pelosi has said that it is an absolute priority, right? It's absolutely mm. a priority to her, right? So it has to be taken seriously. So they won't accept anything less. Okay. Well, yeah, they, they have to take your money so that they stay <laughs> in power so you can't compete with them. So yeah, it yeah. is it is a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to take your money. Okay, um, moving along. So uh, Trump, right? Trump had his rally in, in Nevada, didn't he? And I, I think it was, uh, a, was it, was it a mass murder rally? Is that, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. It was the equivalent of him going to Fifth Avenue and shooting people, uh-huh. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. yeah. Is that what they're saying? He was actually, oh, I, I have no idea, but that's what, that's basically what they're saying. But Vegas, they were supposed to do it there, the rally. And Vegas said, nah, you can't do it. So I don't know if they did it there still or if they went somewhere else. I, I, don't, I don't know. No, they went, looks like here they uh, they went to Reno. Uh, and okay. he was... 
he was there to uh, quickly revive the, excuse me, he said he was, uh, uh, let me see, on Saturday night, uh, he was there to pledge that the quickly reviving economy and to keep the radical left at bay. You got a lot of work to do, Mr. President, if you want to keep the radical left at bay. At no time, this is quote, he says, at no time before has there been a clearer choice between two parties, two visions, two philosophies, two agendas for the future. That I agree with him on. That I agree with him on. At no point has there been a clearer choice between any of those things? Because if you're paying attention, if you are paying attention, for, forget Republican, Democrat, okay? We're, we're way, way past that. If you're paying attention, there is no choice. If you love America, there is one choice. There's one choice. That's it. I'm sorry. There's one. I, I, I hate to say that. I literally hate to say that because... That's not who we are. We have more than one choice. We have the ability to manifest yeah. uh, an idea that allows us to make more than one choice. But they've pigeonholed us down this down this road so much that we don't have a choice any longer. There's no choice. And, and I hate to go down and, and say this uh, this line because um, uh, this is the most important election in our lifetime because everybody's been saying that. Everybody's been saying that for the last I don't know ten years or so. And I haven't really believed it because, I mean, we weren't to this point. But you know something? I have read history. I, I've, I've read history. I mean, Bruce, you can see this line of history books I got here behind me. I mean, this is an all-star lineup right here, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is the most important election of our lifetime in America. In America, we don't have a choice because I tell you what, if we go down the road that they're trying to take us down, all these history books that I'm sitting here looking at that Bruce can see me pointing at, this is going to be like a walk in the park compared to what we're going to deal mm -hmm. with. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned Vegas there uh, with, mm -hmm. well, we, we mentioned him because he was supposed to do the rally there. And uh, it, it, it's kind of interesting that uh, Vegas turned them down, which um, I, I believe the mayor there is Democrat. But nonetheless, that, that's not important. What, what's important is um, last year, Vegas generated $60 billion dollars and tourist revenue. And this year, because you can't open anything because COVID, everybody's going to die. Everything is shut down or almost empty, right? They had, uh, it looks like about 50 million people show up in 2019 from around the world. It's pretty much 40% of the businesses there are already done, uh, according to some of the research. Why did they not want, uh, why did they not want the rally there? Do you know how much business that would have brought to them? They're, they're starving and needing that revenue right now. If they had an influx of guests come in, that would help bring in some money and show that, hey, we really don't need to be shut down as bad as we are. But some of the pictures I'm seeing out of Vegas, man, I, I visited Vegas. Uh, it's been a while back. Yeah. 15, 20 years ago. Enjoyable trip. But there was tons of people back then even. And the pictures I'm seeing from modern, you know, more recent times, it's packed. But pictures from uh, this year, it's empty. You'll you'll see a handful of people on the sidewalks. Uh, the strip completely empty. There's like there, a couple cars on the road, literally at a stoplight. It, it's 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 a ghost town more or less, and it's just it's completely baffling that they're not opening these things up. A lot of these businesses shut down. Uh, I don't know, man. They should have had the Trump rally there. They should have welcomed them with open arms because business people need money. They need yeah. work. 
And I actually I heard I heard that uh, the the strip clubs, right? The strip clubs are even holding up signs saying, uh, "Sorry, we're closed," right? M- meaning that you know they're not even open, but uh, they're still there. Yeah, like, they don't even have any business. Yeah. So yeah, the strip clubs and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, had they yeah, had they don't the signs. Yeah, sorry, we're closed. Yeah, but okay. So uh, Trump went on to say that uh, on November third, Nevada will decide whether we will quickly return to record prosperity like we had. Uh, reprising a favorite line, he said, Sleepy Joe doesn't know he's alive. <laughs> you know, that poor Joe, man. Uh, he, he said, Yeah, he says, um, This was at his rally. He says, uh, You know where, but I, you get Trump off the script, you get him off the script. He's funny. He's really funny. He's an entertainer he at the end of the day. Yeah. And you get him, I mean, he goes out and he gives his speech. Okay, fine. But after that speech, he's really funny. He's really funny. I was listening to his rally down in, uh, in Tulsa, down the road a piece from you. And mm-hmm. when he got off script and he, he got off the, uh, you know, the speech that his writers came up with, he had me yeah. laughing so hard. I was crying. I was crying because yeah. I was laughing so hard. Funny. But in this one, he says, you know where Biden is now? He's in his damn basement. <laughs> uh-huh. and that's where he's at. He's not wrong. Yeah, he says uh, he says they're trying to rig an election and we can't let that happen. They spent they've sent millions of ballots. People die. They're getting ballots. That's true. That's true. That's, we're seeing those cases yeah. all over the country. I, I, I've been seeing stuff on social media for the last few days on Parler. People are st- putting up ballots like they're getting 10 ballots sent to them, all addressed to the same person. Right. But they're getting like four, five, six, ten ballots in some cases. And uh, like you can't you can't have an election based on that. The Democrats are not campaigning. They are not campaigning. They're bringing in lawyers. They're going to contest. Their hope is to contest. This is what's going to happen. Their hope is to contest, drag it out. And I believe it's it's 30 days, right? I'm pretty sure it's 30 days. 30 days, if we yeah. don't have a declared winner, then per the Constitution, which they're going to beat you over the head with that, you can believe it. Nancy Pelosi will take over if she wins. Is she up for re-election? She is. If, if she wins Speaker of the House... Or if, well, if she if she gets reelected, then the Speaker of the House will take over the office of the presidency, at which point she will have to immediately tap a vice president. And who do you think that's going to be? Who do you think that's going to be? Could it be the person that's out there causing the people to chant lock her up? Possibly. Possibly. And then, of course, Nancy Pelosi will then resign and we'll have an unelected president. But um, yes. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that was his rally in um that was his rally in uh, in Reno. And of course, they were getting locker up cheers. And uh, uh, Trump also went on to say, uh, if Biden wins, the rioters, the anarchists win, arsonists, flag burners, they all win. I'm running for re-election to bring prosperity to Nevada and to the whole country. But, I mean, look, it's clear. It's clear. We do only have the one choice this time around. I, I mean, that's just the way that it is. And to be honest with you, I don't know where we go after this. I really don't know where we go after this. Where do we go after Donald Trump? Where do we go after that? I, I don't know. I mean, we were talking the, last week about possible replacements. I mean, I said Tom Cotton po- could possibly be one. Um, but uh, Ted Cruz has made his runs before. Rand Paul's too humble. He won't do it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, unless there's somebody out there that's willing to step up and be an outsider. Cotton is kind of an outsider, but he's not. Right. He's, he's brought up in the establishment. He's brought up at, at the universities and stuff. I mean, it's OK, fine. But could he be the uh, the dark horse like Trump? I don't think so. I don't think so. The Chinese already don't like him. So that right there already is one point in his favor from my side. So if the Chai comms don't and not I'm not saying the Chinese people, I'm saying the Chinese Communist Party. I guess I need to be specific here. They already don't like him. They're already putting out multiple op ed pieces through their uh, mouthpieces in Western media bashing Tom Cotton already. 
So that means that he's on the rise. And and I even saw as soon as I as soon as I heard him give an interview about six months ago, I thought he's going to run for president. I don't know when, but he's going to make a run at some point. He's going to have to it, because of the way he's talking. And you can tell he's getting coached and he's improving and, and making more bold statements. And he's more articulate every time he comes out and says something. So and he's he's increasing his public profile. And, and I'm just getting I'm getting chills right now. Right. I'm getting chills. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> Because because I like what the guy has to say. I, I like what he has to say. He is a bit hawkish, as you said. He is a bit hawkish on some foreign policy. True. That's true. But we need somebody that's going to be tough on China. You've got to have somebody that's going to be tough on China. We've got to take them on because they're at war. They're at war with the West, not just the U.S., they're at war with the West. So we've got to have somebody that's going to be willing to step up and take them on head on. A little bit of house uh, house cleaning. Uh, Pelosi was reelected uh, in 2019, so she's going to be around for a little while. Okay, yeah, she'll be yeah. around for a bit. Yeah, uh, but as far as um, Cotton or Cruz running again, it really depends on if Trump wins, um, if he wins, and if one of the two are, are chosen to replace um, uh, at least one of the. Uh, Supreme Court justices probably are going to step down. Maybe is my guess. Um, going to retire or be forced to retire. Um, but yeah, so it really depends on whether they get put into the or or accepted into the Supreme Court. Which honestly, that's going to be an interesting interesting thing. If uh, if it's Cruz or, or Cotton, that's going to be a fun little um, fight, shall we say? Because they're going to really buck the system if or, or try to keep them from getting in basically. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, if not, if neither of them are um, selected for the justice and yeah, I can see bo- either one of them running, if not both uh, running for presidency. So while at that rally, the locker up chance started again. Yeah. People are still a little, uh, a little, a little on edge. They want that woman put away and you know something, <laughs> I don't blame them. I mean, I'd been out there chanting it up too, or chanting the locker up too with those people. Do we have, a possible way to go after that. I mean, do you think, okay, let me ask you this because locker up was the chant that started with the Trump uh, campaign the first time around. Right. So (laughs) he said this time, he says, I used to stand back and I'd say, you know, be quiet and please don't say that. Right. Trump used to say that. Trump said that at his uh, his rally Mm -hmm. there. Uh, He was speaking of the locker up chant. He says, you know, it's true. She got a subpoena from the United States Congress. Right. And she and her lawyer deleted 33,000 emails after she got a United States subpoena. So after Trump gets reelected, does the hammer come down? Uh, they won't. They won't go after political opponents. That that's kind of been Congress's stance on that because she was a political opponent. They won't go after her. They're basically immune from wrongdoing, more or less. It's honestly, it's the equivalent if if they go after uh, the the Miller team for clearing their smart the smartphones, all, all the records on their cell phones, resetting them. Uh, if they go after them, which uh, they said they just happened to all enter the password wrong, right? A bunch of the officials just happened to enter it wrong seven times and caused a factory reset on their phones. You know, they all forgot their password. So just at the same time, after they yeah. were subpoenaed, you know, it's happens. just kind of a... I hate when that you know, you know, Yeah, just, you know, everybody does it. If they get in trouble for that, then there would be a precedent and a, and a reason to go after Hillary. Uh, but they're not going to do it. I, I don't think they're going to do it. The, the Clintons are pretty much they're done. Their reign of terror, if you will. I, they don't have much power left, I don't think. Maybe behind the scenes and some of the stuff. But man, they're getting aged. Yeah, maybe maybe it's time for them to retire and just, you know, 
we know that they're still working DNC stuff behind the scenes, right? We know they're still doing yeah. that. And clearly they were prominent voices at the DNC and they've been doing interviews. Hillary especially has been doing interviews. Bill Clinton's out now doing things. They're both going to be getting into the podcast business now. Yeah, which that's going to be interesting to listen to, right? We're going to be listening to some of that. That's going to be something. And then the other thing that concerns me is is this deal with this contested election. And when I say that I was talking about Nancy Pelosi, she assumes the office of the presidency. Who do you think she's going to pick as advice? I mean, come on, seriously. Seriously. AOC. I mean, AOC, you're right. (laughs) AOC, they they want, no, seriously, and that's a good point. They want the old guard gone. They're they're the radical wing, right? Her and and Tlaib and and Omar, you know, the radical, the the squad or whatever they call themselves. They are the radical wing. They are the up and comings. And they want the traditional boss hog types like Nancy Pelosi. They want her out of the way. They want the rest of them out of the way. In reality, they even want Sanders gone. They even want Bernie Sanders out of the way. Bernie Sanders is not radical enough because it's never radical enough. You go back through history and you read socialist, Marxist, communist, fascist revolutions, whatever. I don't care. Right. Pick your flavor of socialism. Pick your flavor of totalitarianism, authoritarianism. Doesn't matter. They are never radical enough. Fidel Castro's troops marched into Havana against Batista, who, by the way, who carried Fidel Castro's message for him during the communist revolution in Cuba? Who was it? Oh, it was young, middle-class university graduates. Gee, does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? So when they marched into Havana, it's very important, the Cuban Revolution. I, I advise people to, to read up on it. They marched into Havana. They marched in on Batista's forces. Guess what happened to all those people that Batista had? They got lined up on the beaches. What? And, and more than that, more than that, this is key. What happened to the people that aided Castro? that weren't revolutionary enough at the time of him seizing power with his brother Raul. Counter-revolutionaries, they were lined up on the beaches right next to Batista's people. They're never radical enough. Che Guevara wasn't radical enough, for God's sake. He wasn't radical enough for uh, for Castro. Castro kicked him out of the country. So, you know, luckily he was, uh, or excuse me, I shouldn't say luckily. For his sake, he was able to actually get out and not be shot on sight. And he got down into, what was it, Argentina, where they finally, uh, they 86'd him down there. Uh, yeah. And by the way, I heard somebody just bought his house or something down there. And it was like, uh, I think they paid, I want to say they paid like close to a million dollars for it or something because it's a, it's a, it's a landmark or something, you know, like, oh, I live where Che Guevara lived. Okay, fine. No, I, I agree with you on the locker up thing. I, I want to see justice. I want to see justice because I'm yeah. a, I'm a, Agreed. I'm a man of conviction. I want to see justice, but I've also heard that, and th- this has been a talking point that's been circulating out there on uh, on several different takes of this. And that is, it's so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing to the United States. Like Trump knows, DOJ knows, they, they all know this, right? They know the whole thing with the Ukraine and the, the Hillary thing and the Obama thing and the Biden thing. They know all this. They know all this. And then, of course, you tie in the Epstein stuff. Yeah, you tie in all that stuff. It is extremely, extremely embarrassing. So I've heard that if they do pursue this route and they do take these people down, they're more concerned about a reputation being smeared. But I would argue our reputation's already been destroyed in a great sense. So this, in my opinion, as being the person that I am with my character, as somebody who wants justice, I think that this would be a form of redemption in some ways in order to get these prosecution. Uh, 
I see your point, but I I don't think so. What what's going to happen is the left is going to be crying that whoever does the the prosecuting, whether it's Trump or or the next president uh, after Trump, they're going to cry it's totalitarian or it's it's some dictator coming in and doing something like that, executing their uh, rivals or opponents and and whatnot. So they may try it, but because that's the that's the narrative that's going to be pushed. I don't think they'll do it. Uh, I don't think it'll go anywhere. I would like to know that our politicians are not above the law, that they would be, you know, prosecuted. And honestly, I'd, I wish they would be prosecuted uh, more harshly than the average American because they're at a higher standard. They're being held to a higher standard because of the oath of office that they take. But um, we brought up Bernie a little bit there. Bernie is actually calling for Biden to start promoting more left-leaning ideas and bringing in like AOC, for example, to to kind of help push the the narratives for the the younger um, the younger liberals to try to draw in those those votes and whatnot. And honestly, it's kind of it, it feels like it feels like it's Sanders going, um, "This is my successor." Uh, bring in AOC; she's going to be my successor to replace me. This is the uh, really. AOC is a she's an empty vessel, really. I mean, she'll do whatever they whatever she's told, more or less, by the the vanguard. So, well, Bruce, the world's going to end in twelve years, and and your biggest issue is is how we're going to pay for it. You know, you, you just you just do, <laughs> you just do. you just do, you just do. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree yeah. with you. They're they're looking to bring her in, but do these people not understand? Do, do the Democrats not understand that they're going to get devoured by these people? You can't make a deal with this. Like I, I know what this is. I, I know what this is. I know the hardcore revolutionary type. I've read about them. Clearly, they're in books right here, all over. There's never enough for them. These people, like so like I said, Sanders is not even radical enough for these people. He's not. He's wait, kind of a. Uh, you mean? The, the BLM and, and Antifa types, you know, the ones that that are attacking these businesses and stuff, the businesses have uh-huh. Black Lives Matter and we support black lives and all that kind of uh-huh. stuff. Or this is a uh-huh. proudly a black business. They're uh-huh. getting attacked and, and those businesses ground, yeah. are being destroyed because they're not radical enough. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which we saw a video yesterday of a um, it was a it was a march in London, wasn't it? And it was the it was the yeah. Black Trans Lives Matter rally is what it was. Yeah, <laughs> they were missing a few things in that march. I have to say they were missing just a few things. There wasn't a single black person in that entire march. It was all a bunch of weird white people. If you're going to go yep. out and you're going to march for black trans rights, OK, fine, fine. I, I got no issue with that. If you're going to go out there and you're going to march for black trans rights, go ahead. Have at it. That's fine. But shouldn't you have w- at least one black trans person with yeah. you when you <laughs> have a march like the, the, the march? Something, right? Can you just have yeah. one in there? Is that possible? So uh, it's yeah, it's never enough. No, you're you're right on that is. Yes, it's it, as crazy as they are. It's just going to get more crazy. And, and as time goes on and they become more and more uh, discredited, right? Discredited. But when I say discredited, I'm talking about we've had the discussions before about how they go out and they burn a business down and they go out and they start rioting and tearing things up. That pushes people away from their cause, like what BLM's doing in like Rochester, New York, where they're going in and to the restaurants and there's they're running the patrons out of there and smashing the plates and drinking their drinks and eating their food and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. That doesn't help people get involved in your cause. That doesn't help that. So 
as they continue to become more unpopular, they're going to get more crazy because mm-hmm. it it's it's a it's a form of a of a neurotic system, right? I've talked about it before. It's like you have a a, a big power group, right? Whatever that group is, and when they become weakened, right, in some way, shape, or form, which by them discrediting themselves, that's a form of becoming weakened. So the public turns on them. The public opinion is being turned on them. Same thing with the power structure that gives them cover at the top, the politicians and the media and the, and the like. As they continue to disgrace themselves, which is what they're doing, they will become more and more insane. They'll do more and more crazy things, which is what's happening. You can see it. It's Albeit it's a slower process, but it is happening. They're getting more and more crazy, and they're doing more extreme things because it's a system that's run by fear. And they're terrified of the backlash of actual law and order and justice that's going to be handed down upon them to stop this madness. And so they're going to go all out. They're going to go all out. It's a system that's driven by fear. They are terrified of what's going to happen. They were terrified of what was going to happen in 2016 when Trump got elected. But seeing as how he hasn't largely done anything, it's kind of paved the way for them to move forward. But but by Trump doing nothing, I think it's also been a good thing. And, and hear me on this one. It's also been a good thing because it's allowed them, the, the, the extremists, right, the extremist groups, it's allowed them to tip their hand to the average person out there. The ones that were kind of on the fence, maybe. Right. The ones that were still on the fence saying, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm still a Democrat. Uh, I, I still traditionally vote Democrat. And I, I don't know. I don't know about this one. But now they see that the Democrats aren't out there turning against the mobs like they should. They're not denouncing the mobs like they should. They're not endorsing them, but they're not shouting them down either. But then again, no, you have people like Kamala. Them. They're there. Well, yeah, they are endorsing them. But in a sense, like Kamala Harris, for example, on The Late Show with Colbert, we played the clip a few weeks ago. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop before the election. They're not going to stop after the election. But I I was I guess I was more referring to the DNC. They didn't say one thing about them. Not one thing. Nothing. Well, it's it's there's other video that we haven't played of politicians that have literally been saying, telling them to go out and protest. Now, they call it protest, but the way it's phrased uh, in the structure, they're not the compilation. Is it the compilation we played? Maybe we might have played it. Now, now that you mention it, we, we might have played that because it's a whole bunch of different politicians saying, uh, encouraging protests and, and getting out there. And, you know, we kind of we, we tend to the left and the right kind of has different views on what what we consider protest. You know, the right tends to believe that protests are peaceful. You know, think uh, the the uh, MLK protests. And then the, the left seems to think that protests include rioting, burning down businesses, looting. You know, that's that sort of thing. So kind of, you know, I have the clip. We can uh, we can throw it in there for reference. I I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be people need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. 
I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of them. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Which side's the violence coming I from? That's my case. Which, which side's the violence coming from? I, I'm not. I'm not sure after hearing all that. That's just. Mm. It, it's really hard to make the distinction after hearing that. That's just that. That speaks for itself. I forgot we had that clip. I, I forgot we had that. That is. That's that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So what are you supposed to do against if you're if you're telling your constituents uh, if you're telling them that Trump is a dictator that Trump is this evil totalitarian dictator. Nazi level. What do you think people are going to go out and do? Of course, they're they're encouraging them to go out there and punch people in the face and put a bullet in Trump and all this. Stuff. It's like, what do you expect the, the, the radicals on your side? What do you expect them to do if they believe that, the rhetoric? That they they're out there steaming yeah. up the marginals like they did with the congressional baseball game when Steve Scalise got shot. They were yeah. advertising for weeks in the paper. Hey, this is where they're playing ball. They don't have any security. And what happens? A Bernie Sanders supporter goes out there and starts shooting people. The security guards put him down. And and good, good. And I remember I was in um, I was in Cologne, I think, when that happened. I was in my hotel room and I saw it. Uh, it popped up on my phone. I was down in the lobby and I ran up to my room real quick and I turned the TV on. It was all over every channel. But yeah, another one of those events, I guess. But okay, Bernie Sanders, right? Speaking, keeping with Bernie here. Bernie says that. Uh, boy, that was a crazy clip. Keep. Yeah. I still can't get over that. That's just that's insane. Okay, Bernie Sanders, he's expressing worry that Joe Biden is about to blow the 2020 election. It wouldn't be the fact that he's not aware of where he's at, would it be? Wouldn't be that. But you said that he's look out there. Bernie's trying to, Bernie's, yeah, look fat. Ber, you said <laughs> that Bernie's actually trying to get Biden to go to the left. Yeah. Uh, Bernie wants him to go further left than what he what he's already doing uh, to try to get the, the, the more extreme liberal vote, which... Conversely, by the way, if you're going further left, you're going to be pushing away the moderates and the anti-Trump Republicans. So isn't that just shooting yourself on the foot unless you're intending to have more riots and more support of the lunatics than by all means? I would think so. Yeah. The Washington Post, right, because you know how reliable they are, uh, reports Mm. that Sanders has told his associates that Biden is at serious risk of coming up short in the November election if he continues his vaguer, more centrist approach. Right. This would go along with what you were saying. According to the people who spoke to 
or who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe sensitive talks. Mm -hmm. Sanders is chiefly concerned that the younger, more progressive wing of the party isn't getting the attention it deserves. Gee, what more do you want to give them? Uh, seriously, what more do you want to get? Do you want to hand the entire country over to them? I mean, that's what it sounds like. That that to me is what that sounds like. Is you want to hand the whole damn country over to them? That, see, this this just further proves the point. He doesn't want democracy. He goes out there and he talks about democracy, democratic socialism, all this crap. He doesn't want democracy. He wants one party, one, one. Let me explain how this works. This is why democracies are so dangerous, and this is why we don't really like them. This is why they're so bad, is because you have a majority rule. You have 51% of the vote, or you have 51% that vote with a single party. There's one party, one party. And what party do you think that is? What party do you think that is? I don't know of a single socialist country, like an actual socialist country that has a socialist party. Every socialist movement always ends up with a communist party. Do you ever wonder why that might be? Because it's the communist party that serves as the leading and ruling party. That's what happens every time. Oh, we're socialists. We're democratic socialists. So is Hugo Chavez. So is Lenin. Vladimir Lenin. Vladimir Lenin. Guess what? He was the leader of well, the Bolsheviks, right? Well, the Bolsheviks. People say, "Oh, well, the Bolsheviks." Yeah, he was the, yeah, the Bolshevik. Yeah, he was he was the leader of the Bolshevik Party. The Bolshevik Party was not a party. <laughs> That's the biggest misconception. Yes, he was the leader of the Bolsheviks, but what was the Bolshevik? Like, what is a Bolshevik? What does that mean? That's the Russian word for majority. Bolshevik. Go look it up. I'll wait. They partnered with a group called the Mensheviks. Menshevik. What does Menshevik mean? It's a Russian word for minority. Of what party? This is mainline history. You can go and look this up in any history book, unless it's a Marxist history book. And of course, it probably won't be in there. The Russian Social Democrats. Same thing in fascist Italy with Benito Mussolini. There was a democratic socialist. Same thing with Franco in Spain. Democratic socialist. Hitler. Democratic socialist. Are we seeing a pattern here? Are we seeing a pattern here? Of course, I think the only one that wasn't a democratic socialist was Fidel Castro. He wasn't a democratic socialist. He was a Roman Catholic. That's what he said. He they, they they flat out asked him, are you a communist? He says, no, I'm a Roman Catholic. I mean, you know, just it just fits. The senator has identified several specific changes he'd like to see. Oh, well, let's just see what those changes are. Biden should talk more about health care and about his economic plans, hasn't he? Hasn't he? He's talked about what he wants to do with COVID. He wants to mandate masks nationally. And that's a health that's a health care policy, right? Yeah, it's a health care policy. Wait, is is Bernie trying to get Biden to lose? Well, that, I don't think so because do? no, these are important issues. These these are important issues, Bruce. Uh, yeah, but the American people aren't on board. That's that's my point. Is if he starts talking about his economy stuff and healthcare free, stuff, talking about free, how you want well, free yeah, healthcare, healthcare though, but yeah, but the if you talk about economy as well, you're going to have to mention that. Well, to have your free healthcare, we're going to have to charge a sixty percent tax on the economy. So and on you, the but it's free know, though. The wealthy is. Well, yeah, it's free, right? But it's, you know, it's it, it, they'll, they'll put a 60% tax on the wealthy. The wealthy would be like, no, I'm oh, out, right. and they're going to leave. Right. And then eventually right. it's going to come down to you. But they don't right. they, they don't tell you that part. But it's free, though, right? Yeah, it's free. Yeah, it's free. OK, just just so we're clear that it's free. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. He wants to talk about his economic plans. What What could be more economic than Build Back Better? What could be more economic than that? Which, if anybody's done some digging... And you know where Build Back Better comes from? It doesn't come from Joe Biden, I can assure you. That does not come from Joe Biden. That comes from hmm, the United Nations, maybe, because everything that we looked at in 
uh, Agenda 2030, we kept noticing that phrase, didn't we? Build back better. Mm -hmm. And as we're digging around papers over at the World Economic Forum, we see that as a reoccurring theme as well, don't we? Build back Mm -hmm. better. Hmm. We do. Might be some kind of connection there. Uh, And the campaign should be uh, should have more popular figures uh, among young liberals, such as, well, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Right. I mean, she's such an inspiration. She's such an inspiration. They say that Biden has been purposely avoiding Cortez and other more progressive Democrats, largely because the progressive agenda doesn't play well with the demographic segments Biden needs to recover from President Donald Trump in order to win battleground states like Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and far left ideas are still new to up oh, see they're new are still new to voters in other newer swing states like Arizona and Nevada. Since when are Arizona and Nevada swing states? Since, Since. Poss- the the exodus from California? Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Mhm. Mhm. So, we need some time in order to 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 get you around to the right way of thinking, right? From a left mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to the right way of thinking, right? Because you want free, you want free stuff, don't you? you? You want free things in society. I mean, you deserve it after all. You deserve it. The strategy is, of course, noticeable. Biden and his running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, which we haven't seen much of her, have we? Not since the DNC. No, I, I, yeah. And I, partly I think that's because of the, um, well, one, she's a law and order person, supposedly, but she was actually exploiting prisoners. And two, um, some of the statements she said about the riots and how they should continue, uh, you know, the montage we just played kind of had that in there. Uh, That might possibly be why she's kind of on the down low. So they're saying that uh, Senator Sanders is confident that Joe Biden is in a very strong position to win this election. Well, if you send out 80 million ballots, you know, dead cats and dogs, I mean, you know, of course you're in a great position to win it. But nevertheless, it feels like... Isn't it? Yeah. But nevertheless, feels that there are areas of the campaign that can continue to be improved upon. He has been in direct contact with Biden. So that's Senator Sanders, by the way, been in direct contact with the Biden team and has urged them to put more emphasis on how they will raise wages. Yeah, we everybody needs a pay raise now, don't they? Yeah, everybody needs a pay raise. Great time to to raise everybody's minimum wage to, I don't know, $15 an hour. It's a great time to do that. Why, why not? Create millions of good paying jobs. I think we just lost millions of good paying jobs, didn't we? I mean, so what, why do you want to create millions of good paying jobs? Your policies just axed millions of good paying jobs. Lower the cost of prescription drugs. Hmm. How about we start by getting our prescription drugs back from China, which they're threatening to cut off now, by the way, and expand yep. health care coverage, expand health care coverage. You already have Medicare. You already have Medicaid. What in the hell else do you want to do? You want to get rid of private insurance. You want to get rid of charity care. That's what that means. That's what that means. Let's talk about this as, a, as an ending point. This is just crazy. OK, the, the headline of this, I couldn't believe this when I saw it. I thought it was a mistake. You and I talked about it briefly before we started here. I thought this was a mistake. A transsexual Satanist anarchist whose slogan and I'm not joking. Bruce is over there laughing at me. Whose slogan is F the police wins the GOP nomination for New Hampshire County Sheriff. How on earth is that possible? How on earth is that possible? A transsexual Satanist anarchist nabbed the Republican nomination in the sheriff's race of a New Hampshire county while running the campaign slogan, F the police. What? Why Why on earth would, would people vote for that? What, why would you vote? Forget, forget the, uh, okay, for, forget the, um, Forget the first part of that. Forget the transsexual Satanist anarchist part of it. Okay, just forget that. Somebody that has a campaign slogan that says F the police, just that alone 
should be enough to push people away from that. Forget the first part of it. Yeah. But just that alone. How, how did this person get elected? How? New Hampshire. I mean, they're not actually they're not elected necessarily. Right. This is just right. The yeah, it's just a primary. Yeah, it's a yeah, primary. Okay. Primary. Now, but they're going to be on the general. A, they're going to be on the general. Right. I, I, I don't totally don't understand how a GOP like GOP is supposed to be law and order. And unless GOP has become so far left now. But this is again, this is New Hampshire. Right. They're pretty far left over there anyway. So maybe maybe the GOP is like moderate liberal or something moderate progressive i don't know it's so that's crazy and as you said it's not it's not about the the fact that it's that they're they're transgender or that they're yeah right right. you know whatever uh, which whatever uh, it says here that more than four thousand people went into the voting booth on september 8th this week and they all filled in the circle by uh this person's name despite knowing absolutely nothing about the person they were nominating to the most powerful law enforcement position in the county. They said that the system that let you down by allowing, this is a quote from from uh, from her, she says, the system that let you down by allowing me, the freaking transsexual Satanist anarchist, be your sheriff candidate, is the same system I'm attacking. I'm sorry, I know it hurts to hear, but that system is a lot. I can't disagree with that. Look, if you're that dumb to go out there and vote, I mean, that, that, that she's actually saying right there, She's actually saying right there, well, if you're that stupid to vote for me, well, then you deserve what you get when I get in there. I mean, that's what it is. Okay, so we didn't really mention this part, but San Fran's talking about lowering the voting age to 16, right? Now, I personally don't believe you have the right to vote if you're not willing to go in and research who you're voting for. Okay, so if you don't know who you're voting for, you shouldn't be voting, right? It's 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 a privilege to vote, not a right. Now. Voting for someone that you have no clue what their stances are as a sheriff. You understand, if you've listened to us for a while, you understand that the sheriff is like the very last line of defense you have for your constitutional rights. Because if the Fed comes in and says, for example, we're going to confiscate all your guns and the sheriff says, no, you ain't. Well, Fed can't do anything because the sheriff is the ruling power here when it comes to that kind of thing. So you... you, you you're looking at voting in someone that's saying F the police and and is basically saying that you guys are going to regret voting me in. What are you doing? Uh, let me let me ask you this. Th- this whole thing here where they're they're a, uh, a hi- just so I understand this, a high priestess of the reformed satanic church. You're a theological expert on all mm-hmm. the stuff that we do around here. Explain what that is, please. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the satanic church, but more or less they worship Satan. That's, that's the, the, the gist of it. You know, the, the, the same deity that Christians kind of view as being the bad guy, they're worshiping the bad guy. So I see. Okay. Well, she did make an interesting point here. She says, what of Donald Trump, a Democrat who won the Republican nomination for president for exactly the same reasons as I just won the Republican nomination for a Cheshire County Sheriff? It's all a lie. It's all broken. Um, I don't know about the uh, the whole thing about being a broken system. It is it is a mess, but I don't think it's broken. It's not to the point of not being able to be salvaged. But I don't think that we need to get rid of the system. The system is not a lie. It's just the fact that every 
everything's been steered to a certain way and we've been steered so far in that direction that now, which the first part of that's true. Donald Trump is not a Republican. Donald Trump is a classic Democrat. He's a classic Democrat. I don't care what anybody says. That's the line he takes. And so that's why I said I don't agree with the guy on everything, but he's a classic style Democrat. He's not a Republican. But we've been, what's the term you use? Overton windowed so far? Yeah. That's that that's where we're at. That's where we're at. We're we're putting our support behind someone who is a Democrat of the era of JFK style, right? That kind. John F. Kennedy couldn't get elected as a Democrat, or excuse me, as a Republican today, let alone a Democrat. So, and he was a Democrat. This person is going to be running for uh, for sheriff in the uh, the general election up there, which I, let's uh, that, that's going to be. I, I'm going to be interested to track this one and see where that one goes. That that's going to be that's going to be interesting to watch to see if that actually goes through. And the person. Person is also a nationally syndicated talk show host for Free Talk Live, uh, and they teach people how to sell bitcoins. Wasn't Bitcoin a scam? Didn't they? They determined that that was a, a thing, is it, or if people actually gotten into no, that and made some money on it. Is it legit? Because it keeps crashing and made, yeah. it keeps it, so crashing Bitcoin and doing is, is like a it, Bitcoin's like a commodity. Um, uh-huh. So it's kind of like a stock. And there's been some people that got into it early, and they've made billions of dollars uh, on it. So. You know, it, it, it's a it's a fairly legit thing. But out of curiosity, what'd you say the rank was? Priest, priestess, whatever. High priest. This is what they say is the high priestess of the reformed satanic church. OK, so I, I don't know about the reformed, uh, but I know just that is an oxymoron. So the equivalent what i'm what i'm gathering to to compare it to people that might be familiar with christian uh the christian structure uh, of some you know uh i'm thinking it's more of like a a bishop position uh is is my understanding based on what i'm finding here so the the high priest or priestess position is essentially an administrative over say a region or whatever so they're saying here that the based on the hierarchy, you've got the registered member, you've got an active member, witch, warlock, priest, uh, or priestess, uh, magister, magistra. Sorry, did you say a Magus warlock? Maga. Warlock, yeah, warlock is the third. That warlock is second degree. It sounds like you're describing a a, a a lineup of World of Warcraft, <laughs> right? Like. It does. It, it does. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, we yeah. are uh, we are out of time, so uh, we're going to have to end. But uh, fascinating conversation today, as always, Bruce. So uh, thank you for sitting down today. For those of you who have not, you'd like to please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, your upvotes. I do apologize; I haven't been on there in the last few days. I should probably get back into that. Um, I've just been so busy. We've been working behind the scenes to try and put some stuff together here on, on another project we're working on, which we will be talking about that in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, coming up. So, uh, but it's it's going to be interesting. We're looking to go a different way, uh, but in a good way, in a good way. That doesn't mean all this is going to go away. This is going to continue and we're going to expand on that. So you can follow me over there on Parlor at Jay Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to reach out to us on social media, you can do so by dropping us a line anytime you wish at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we're looking to expand in many different ways. And we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends and family and known associates, possibly your neighbor, perhaps. We're trying to bring like-minded people together and promote good health conversation in and amongst people's circles. So we would appreciate it if you would do that for us. Thank you very much. Also, 
If you're rating podcasts, if you could please drop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating at your convenience or any other respective platform you listen to us on. Five stars would be a plus there as well. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.